Let me tell you about Last Out Media. Last Out Media is a podcast studio located just over an hour away from the New York area. It has professional equipment, engineers, and coaches that'll make your show sound amazing. In fact, that's where I'm recording from right now. So if you want to improve your podcast, visit lastoutmedia.com. Another edition of New York Groove heading into week four of the NFL season, but there's more important things to get into. Kyrie Irving refuses or doesn't refuse, won't let us know whether or not he's vaccinated. We'll get into that and how much that's going to affect the Brooklyn Nets going into this year is one of the bigger stories in the the NBA. But also, what happened last night in Toronto with Garrett Cole. And that's where I want to start everything off with. Guys, Garrett Cole is your $35 million a year pitcher. Garrett Cole is the guy that, you know, everyone wants to believe in and everyone seems to, you know, we all know that he's the ace of the Yankees staff and he's the guy that we all have the the utmost confidence in to carry this Yankee team, right? Vince just joins us in the studio now. Vince, are there any other, we're going off of this this point that I really want to get your take on too. Yeah. I was giving this to Taylor and and I, I think I swung him because he wasn't with me when I first said it. He kind of gave me a look like I'm crazy. When I first said this, but then when I broke it down more, he he agreed with me. Okay, I'm not starting Garrett Cole in the wild card game from the Yankees. Ooh, okay, yeah. So so why is that? Well, let me get let me give you this. All right, all right. In his last seven games, he's four and two with a four three five ERA. All right, and you may say that's a small sample size, and that's fine, right? But in his last fifteen, which is essentially since the All Star break, he's eight and five with a four two five ERA. So you've had you know that's a large enough sample size since the All Star break where he has not been good, and his salary at this point means nothing to me. I get that he's a $35 million a year guy and he's your max salary guy and he's your ace. I really don't care what his salary is at this point. It means nothing to me. Here's the reason, the main reason why I'm not starting him in any of these games. Yeah. His last three starts, right? September 19th was the game. I don't think you remember the episode. He, they needed to win that game. Going into that game, you were losing that series against Cleveland and you were in third place in the wild card standings. You were out of the playoffs. They needed to win that game. And he went out five and, five and two thirds, 10 hits, seven earned. Gave you nothing, all right? And I get it. Guys pitch, guys come out there and give you clunkers. I understand. At that point right there, I need a win for my ace. I need more. But fine. The two teams that they're going to wind up playing in the wildcard game is either Boston or Toronto, right? His last two starts have been against both of those teams. They've seen him more recently. Against Boston in Fenway when they needed a win, Garrett Cole, six innings, three earned. Not bad, but your ace, I'm sorry. I need more. And then his last start last night at Toronto, six innings, nine hits, five earned. Oof. You need more. I need more from you. I'm starting Garrett Cole this Sunday against Tampa on short rest because I'm making sure that that game on Tuesday night, that wildcard game, is in the Bronx. Here's why. Boston and Toronto both, by far, have the younger, have two of the youngest rosters in baseball. Going into a hostile environment, is there any other environment in baseball that you'd least like to see your team playing in the Bronx and Yankee Stadium? <sighs> it's, no. It, off the top of your head, maybe St. Louis. But off the top of your head, Wrigley maybe in a playoff game. Yeah, top Wrigley's of, pretty wild. Top of your head, though, fan base, weather, just in general, like like the aura of being around, that's some place that as a road opponent, you never feel confident in a playoff game, your team going into Yankee Stadium. No, the stadium's imposing. And the thing is, too, and when you get in there, I mean, it's so tall, and it's not like you're looking out and seeing a city. It's just a wall of fans. And it's packed from 45 minutes to an hour before you even start warm-ups. That stadium is packed. It's loud when the pitcher's trying to warm up. People are yelling things at the pitcher. That stadium's loud during lineup announcements. It's got energy. And also, there's something to it. It's hard to explain. The aura of being in the Bronx, being in that area in October, where they've done so much winning, it's it's intimidating to an opposing player. You don't believe me? Listen to interviews that have been done in the, been done in the past. Players are intimidated in that month. I'm doing everything imaginable to make sure Garrett Cole is my starter not my starter, to make sure the Yankees are playing that game in the Bronx. Because if you go up against Toronto or Boston with their young rosters in that environment, that already gives the Yankees a leg up. It already does in that environment. But here's the other thing. Nestor Cortez Jr. has a 2.85 ERA this year. Also, he's pitched far less against Garrett Cole, against the Red Sox, and against the Blue Jays than Garrett Cole has. Seeing them less means the Yankees have an advantage. Now, Nestor Cortez would be on short rest. Here's what I would do. The Yankee bullpen has heated, had a terrible first half of the year. Since the All-Star break, they've done the reverse of Garrett Cole. They've been great. Look at their moves, ready? They called up Michael King in June, right? 33 innings, 164 ERA, 37 strikeouts. 
you can easily bridge Cortez to King. The only time the Blue Jays have seen King this year was a couple days ago when he dominated them. But let's go to more, right? Jolie Rodriguez has a 2.3 RA this year. Lucas Lickey, 2.74 RA. Chapman, who, remember, had the crazy struggles in June. They had to put him on the DL. They sat him. No one's talked about this because no one likes Araldis Chapman. Since July 6th, he has a 1.90 ERA, Araldis Chapman. In 23 innings, he has 42 strikeouts and not a single blown save. Clay Holmes, who you picked up from the Pirates, 2.01 ERA since becoming a Yankee. Johnny Lasagna, who's finally back, 2.25 ERA. In that game, you already have the crowd on your side. You already have the intimidation of a younger roster in Boston or Toronto going into Yankee Stadium with the aura of them being in the Bronx. I'm starting Nestor Cortez Jr. in that game, not Garrett Cole. I don't care how much money Garrett Cole makes. I don't care what his salary is. That And again, if you don't have to start Garrett Cole on Sunday to get into the playoffs or to make sure that that game is in the Bronx, then you'll have Garrett Cole on full rest for Tuesday and you can bring him in as an insurance policy anyway. And if you don't need him in that game on Tuesday, you start him in game one of the ALDS. But I'm not starting him in that game. It's not a small sample size in the last three starts. It's not a small sample size in the last seven starts. It's enough of a sample size, 15 starts, basically since the All-Star break with a 4-2-5 ERA. That's enough that I've seen that he has not been clutched in the second half of the year. I'm not giving up on Garrett Cole. I'm not saying he's not my ace of the future. I'm not saying I don't trust him in the postseason game later on in the postseason. But right now, in a winner-take-all game, I want Nestor Cortez Jr. in that game. Now, how much of that has to do with spider tech? None of it. None, None of, of it. it. With Garrett Cole, you don't Absol- think that affects him at all? Absolutely at not. No. Why Because there's been plenty of starts that he's had post-Spider Tack where he's been incredible. There's been plenty of... The, the game after the Spider Tack stuff, When that's the one game where you look at where you'd have to say, there's no way he was using it in the Minnesota game, right? The game right after Spider Tack, there's no way he was using it in that game, right? He went out there and had 12 strikeouts. There's been plenty of games this year where he struck out 15, had unbelievable performances, and he's been Garrett Cole. And he's been fine all year. He has not been... I'm not sitting here saying Garrett Cole's been terrible. I still trust him. If he if they get to the World Series somehow, or, or there's a Game 7 or a Game 5 in the DS, I trust him in any of those games. If he's on full rest going into a Game 7, I trust him. Right now, with how often Boston and Toronto have seen Garrett Cole recently, how much they've beaten him recently. They've been able to hit him recently. They haven't hit Nestor Cortez of recent. I'm sorry. Right now, I, want Garrett Cole, I don't want Garrett Cole pitching in that game. I don't have a problem picking him out of the bullpen if they need him, because all hands are on deck in that game. If you fall down, if you start oh, yeah. losing and you need him, you need him, you got to bring him in. But I'm sorry, watching these games, Nestor Cortez Jr. against the Red Sox, right? Four and a third, four hits, two earned. That's all I'm going to need out of him. If he gives me that and you can transition to the bullpen, that works for me. He's been fine. He's been what you've needed. I- I'm sorry. I know it sounds crazy. I know hearing it originally, you're like, how do you not start Garrett Cole in that game? I don't think coming into this game that that's this is a crazy opinion. It's not. You need to do everything in your case to win this game. And that's what that'll get you. It is. I'm sorry. They're not pitching Nestor Cortez long in any of these games, by the way. They're not. Or you can see the track record all year. The most he's going is six innings. And they're going straight to the bullpen. This formula's worked them. And they win a lot of these games. Right? I mean, let's look at let's look at Nestor Cortez since August, right? Last day of July against the Angels. They win that game. You know, his start against the Mets. Four, they, they win the game in seven, right? His start against the Astros. He shuts the Astros out. Nestor Cortez Jr., Right? After that, loses to the Red Sox. Then, beats the Rays. Beats the Mariners. A team he could also end up playing, right? Loses to Kansas City. Beats the White Sox. Beats Minnesota. Beats Oakland. Beats Baltimore. Loses to Toronto. Beats Baltimore. Beats Texas. Beats Boston. They win games that he starts in. They don't have a good track record of winning games when Garrett Cole starts. They don't. It sounds crazy, but it's not actually that crazy. Again, I'm only doing this if that game's in the Bronx. Which is why I make, I'm pitching Garrett Cole on short rest on Sunday to make sure you win that game, to make sure that game's in the Bronx. Now, as much as the, the theory is, is really interesting, I, I like what you're saying a lot, do you think Aaron Boone is willing to do that? No, I, that, but that, that's besides the point, though. That, whether or not it actually happens is different than the actual theory. This is what should happen. Court, this is the educated baseball mind of what should happen. They will not do this. I, they will start Garrett Cole in that game. They're not going to play Garrett Cole on Sunday on short rest. They're going to start Garrett Cole. They're going to save him to have him on full rest on Tuesday. And they're going to play him in that game on Tuesday. You know that's what's going to happen. Because and you see it in all sports. You're paying a guy $38 million a year. He has the massive contract. You have to back it up. He's going to pitch in that game. We know he's pitching on Tuesday. That's not the point. The point is, this is the right move. To, should the Bears have started Andy Dalton start of the year or Justin Fields? Yeah. Oh, Look Justin at how bad Fields. Fields looked, but you still should have started Justin Fields. We all know it's the wrong move, but what did they do? 
Yeah. Right? But that goes back to my other point, though. And, and this is a great point, too. Is there any environment in all the NFL going into a playoff game other than maybe Lambeau in a big game that you're actually fearful of? So, Soldier Field is one. But when have we seen a big playoff game in Soldier well, Field? And no. That's the thing. It's been so long. It's and, been and so the long. Do, do modern day players even fear Soldier Field like they used to in the back in the day? Probably not. No, they don't. The, the only stadium they'd fear is Lambeau. Even look at the team that's had the most playoff success over the last few years in a team like New England, right? Do you actually fear going into Gillette? No. You don't fear Gillette. You don't fear the weather there. The weather's not it's not overly brutally cold there. The the fan base isn't crazy. That stadium is built so open that the the, the noise never stays in there. The only other stadium I'd say that you'd worry about. Lambeau's got to be the number one, right, Taylor? Are you in agreement with us? Taylor's distracted because someone more important came. Yeah, in. but but Lambeau's Lambeau but yeah. is the one that, that that I that that you know the crowd and the weather. Lambeau fears me the most. You're an Eagle fan, so there's an actual scenario where the Eagles could play the Packers in Lambeau. The only other stadium I'm in major fear of as a road team playing in is Pittsburgh because of the wind going into one of those field goal posts on the, on the river right there. It gets brutally cold there in January, and they can get pretty loud. Other than that, please, bring it up to me. Maybe Vegas, Vegas becomes that in a few years. But there is no other place that I'm sitting there that I am actually terrified of seeing my team have to go in there. Here's another one that I can give you that I just thought of. Okay. Seattle. That's and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, th- like the twelfth man. That scares me too. But other than that, again, is I, there any other road road environment? Philadelphia doesn't scare me. The J- Jets and Giants don't scare me, right? I'm trying to think of the big time team. Does Washington ever scare you if you have to go in there? Oh well, no, that's an empty stadium. Does, I mean, you can't be scared. Does of that. Dallas scare you? No, Dallas doesn't. Like, there's no other team that I can think of. Can, does Kansas City scare you that much? Now, Kansas City because of Mahomes, but if they when they had Alex Smith for those years and the, the crowd was was could have been a major factor. Was the crowd ever a major factor? The Texans went in there and scored 24 points on them in the first half. Fenway. For do you mean for baseball? Fenway. Yeah. Does Fenway scare you more than Yankee Stadium though? The Yankees have done no. plenty of winning over the years, and the Red Sox have done plenty of losing in Fenway over the years. Remember, they lost every game in that Dodgers season. But, but when the Red Sox are legit. But that has more to do with the Red Sox being legit than Fenway actually being a tough place to play. Again, are you as a as of you're a Phillies fan, right? Yeah. So it, the only scenario we can see this is in the World Series. If they made the World Series, would you be more scared of the Phillies having to play games in the Bronx or in Fenway? I mean, yeah, the Yankee culture is so deep. Like yeah. That, between the fan base, and again, it's an arrogant, disgusting fan base that expects to win at all times, but it still is rowdy in a playoff game. There's the rowdiness of the fan base. There's, again, the way that stadium is built. It doesn't face New York City with buildings. It faces dis- disgusting apartment buildings. It's bland. So, but that, you're laughing, that means something. There, there's Because there's nothing else you can, if you're an opposing player, and that stadium's facing New York City, you can focus on a building all day. It sounds stupid, but players use these tactics. A center fielder can focus on the Empire State Building the entire night, and that gets him distracted from everything else going on in that building. There is no weird sculpture in that building. There's no weird thing about that building that makes you focus on anything other than the fan base, anything other than pinstripe jerseys, blue seats. There's nothing else you can focus on in that stadium other than that crowd, that noise, that intensity. Again, they packed that stadium. I've been, I, in 2017, I went to every single Yankee home playoff game. That stadium is packed an hour and a half before warm-up start. A seven o'clock start time, they're packed at 5.30. So it's, they the, are. It, it's the opposite of Marlins Spark. A complete opposite. <laughs> a complete opposite of most, most baseball stadiums now. Again, they call Baltimore Yankees Bronx South now. They do. Because you go to a Baltimore home, home game when they're playing the Yankees, it's full of Yankee fans. There's no more intimidating fan stadium to have to play in. And again, you don't, it's hard to believe when you say it out loud. But think of the aura of the amount of winning they've done in the month of October in that area. It just, it, it sounds crazy, but we, there are documented baseball players that have said in the past, there's something about playing there in the Bronx that you don't have confidence as a road opponent. You just don't. Well, you know what part of it is? Is when you think about the Yankees and the history and the way the fan base has responded to that. Because when you win more than anybody else over the years, that's the expectation. There's an ego. There's an ego. Oh, there's a monster ego. And it's all this stuff. Like, some teams are happy to be there and some fan base are happy to be there. That's not what it is for the Yankees. So being in a playoff game, it's a demanding, strong, nasty environment. And that plays into every game. And they're on top. Again, I'm just making the point. I'm giving you guys the open forum to tell me, is there a more terrifying place to play? Uh, there's one other spot I got. Wait, let me hear. The it. one place that hasn't been mentioned yet is the Superdome with the Saints. Okay, and that has to do with the fact that it being an indoor building. Yeah, dome and the Saints playing on that turf, and there's a lot of stuff about that. So those but, things. But combined. again, you've developed that opinion over the last few years because of Drew Brees. 
that was never an intimidating place to play before. When they were the Aints, that wasn't an intimidating place to play. <laughs> that's the truth. It never was. It was never thought of as a place that's tough to play. When the Packers have been terrible, Lambeau was still thought of as a tough place to play in December. It still is. Pittsburgh is still a tough place to play when even the Steelers are not good. It's it's one of those things where there's certain places where it's just the aura of that city where it's tough, and there's no other place than the Bronx in October that's a tougher place to play. That's why going into this wild card game, a do or die game, when you're gonna play, it doesn't matter who it is, the Red Sox or the or the Blue Jays, whoever you play, it's gonna be two of the younger rosters in all of baseball. Imagine as a 23 year old going into your first career playoff game having to go into that. Not easy. It's a super intimidating. That's why. I'm doing everything at all costs to make sure that game is in the Bronx Tuesday night. It has to be. Am, am, am I wrong? No. And, and are you starting Gary Cole? Have I given you enough evidence to say that Nestor Cortez... Again, it's not what the Yankees are going to do. It's what they should do. Yes, absolutely. And what should they do in that game? Should they start Cortez or Cole? Yeah, it, Cortez. It should be Cortez. Absolutely. Will they start Cortez? Hell no. Should they start Cortez? Yes, it's going to be the wrong move. And I, I still have faith in Garrett Cole. I'm not giving up on Garrett Cole. I don't not believe in him. I've seen enough over his career to believe that Garrett Cole's got it figured out. But when it comes to this, this importance of a game, this serious of a game, I'm starting Garrett Cole. I just am. Let's go to a team in New York, though, that hasn't had a ton of playoff success, right? Something that, you know, we will get into football with our picks, and that's what we'll break down more of the NFL. But this is a story that I've had to break down, that I've had to get into, because it's drove me insane all year, and it's Kyrie Irving. And there's so much to do with this guy that we're all losing track of, of where he's, where he, what his mission is. You know, we all assume that when he's off missing two weeks in the game that he's marching somewhere or he's be, being political somewhere or he's, or he's fighting for causes that he strongly believes in. And if he's doing that, fine, great. Have we ever gotten confirmation that that's what he's actually doing? We all believe that. But have we ever actually been given confirmation that that's what he's doing? We have no idea where he ever is when he disappears. As far as we know, when it comes to facts, when he disappears, he disappears. We don't know where he is. He leaves everything he gives us in the media, any bit of attention we give him, everything's up in the air. Nothing is ever definitively given to us. Kyrie Irving just loves attention. That's all that's going on here. Think about the vaccination stuff, right? Here's one thing with the NBA, right? We have Wiggins doesn't want to get vaccinated. Kyrie, that we're, everyone has assumed isn't vaccinated. Well, I think he is vaccinated. And you have a few other NBA players that aren't, that are giving you their reasons that, again, make no sense. But again, that's, 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 that's hearsay. Regardless of all of this, your employer at any moment has the right to drug test you, right? If you have an employer, they have the right to ask you to pee in a cup and see if you're on drugs or not. Whether you agree with it or not is really not up to you. Because... If you're going for a new job at ESPN, right? Let's say they're going to revamp all of SportsCenter and they're going to make it SportsCenter with Vince Quinn, right? It's and about Vin time. And Vince Quinn goes into the interview and he's all dolled up and he has a nice clean shave and a good haircut for once because remember about a year ago when you had that brutal haircut? Don't go into your SportsCenter interview with that <laughs> Basically haircut. Basically every year, we, yeah. We, he's got a good haircut. He's looking, he's got a, his, his girlfriend picked out a suit for him. He's got a nice looking tux to go into the interview. Vince uh, can't interview, pick out his own suit? Interviews, no, he can't pick out his own suit. <laughs> and I'm Come going on. in with a tux? Yeah, <laughs> he's looking great. He's feeling great. They tell him just before that John Bartrand's going to be the producer of this new SportsCenter. It's all working. Now Taylor's doing the doing the the audio and everything behind this. This is going to be the greatest Sports Center cast of all time, right? And we're all ready for it, right? We're all excited that they have confidence and they give Vince the job. They offer him this massive contract. He gets the job. He's going to be the host of Sports Center. He's ready to put his post out there to film the This Is Sports Center commercials. He's ready to go, right? And they say, Vince, pee in this cup. We just want to make sure, for clarification purposes, we just want to make sure you're not on drugs. And Vince sits there and says to the head of ESPN, but I'm not on drugs. And they go, we believe that. We just want to make sure. And he goes, I don't want to do it. I'm not on drugs. But he says, we know. We believe you're not on drugs. We don't think you're on drugs. Trust me, we don't. But just for clarification purposes, pee in this cup and let's make sure. If he refuses, they have every right as, the, as Disney to not hire him. They do. That's how the world works. Is it fair? No. Is it right? No. Doesn't matter. They're an employer that has the right whether they want to hire you or not. That's just how the world works. Is it fair that New York State is having a rule that if you're a home player in one of their buildings and you're not vaccinated that you can't play? No. Is it right? No. Should it be a rule? No. Does it matter? No. There's it does That's how the world works, guys. You, there are things that you're not going to agree with, that you're not going to want to do, that you're going to be forced to do in life. 
That's how it works. If your employer is forcing you to do something to keep your career going, keep your career going. It's not that big of a deal. But yet, public perception has seemed to say that Kyrie is vaccinated, right? We all seem to think that he's not vaccinated. I think he's vaccinated. I think he's just dragging us along in this whole thing. Remember, when they asked him directly whether he was vaccinated or not in that that interview, that Zoom interview that you watched the other day, he didn't give you a straight answer. He never said yes or no. He just said that's a personal, private matter, which is a a limp out, right? I think this guy's clearly vaccinated and he just loves the attention. Because if you saw the Brooklyn Nets are doing their training camp in San Diego this year, right? He was out in San Diego practicing with the team. He was out there practicing with the team. He just, he says on the press conference, on the Zoom, that it's a personal matter. I don't want to share whether I'm vaccinated or not, right? And we as the media ate that up. We ate it up. We were obsessed with it. We couldn't get enough. Oh, what is this guy doing now? He's not going to show up. He's going to screw the Nets. We ate it up. And yet we never had confirmation whether he was vaccinated or not. What if he is? And then in two weeks, it comes out that he is and he's playing home games for the Nets. Would any of this mattered? No, but he got the attention that he wanted. Kyrie just loves attention, right? The union in the NBA is the only reason he'll be able to get away with this. And here's why the vaccination thing is stupid. You do realize, guys, that when you go into college, right, when you get into college, you're going to have to get certain vaccinations, right? You have to be fully vaccinated against certain things, right? When he had to hand in his vaccinations to go on a full scholarship to Duke to likely be the number one overall pick after playing for a year, did he ever fight the vaccine? If he had to get vaccinations that he didn't have, I bet your bottom that he went and got those vaccinations that he needed to get to go to Duke on a full ride. But when he's got a $200 million contract with the Brooklyn Nets sitting here, it didn't matter. If he's not vaccinated, he'll get vaccinated, all right? And if he's not, put your money where your mouth is, buddy, all right? Because if you realize this, Kyrie Irving has two years left on his deal, and after that, he has the ability to re-up for $258 million. Is he going to decline that? If he does, power to him. I have a hard time believing that Kyrie Irving, who has made $128 million in his career, is going to turn down 250 I have a really hard time. Again, if he's that strong to his convictions, great. Retire. Will he? No. He has said many times that if the Brooklyn Nets trade him somewhere, he'll just retire, up and retire. Do it. I dare you. Because you won't. Because your next contract has the ability to make you more money than you've made and you've accumulated in your entire NBA career. He won't. And if he doesn't want to get vaccinated, you have to trade him for the Nets. That makes the Harden move look genius, and they have no option but to trade him. Because you can't sit here and have a guy not playing in 41 home games. You can't. He may want to take off those home games, but you can't. And again, that's only $250 million on his next deal. That's not including shoe deals and rebranding and sweatshirt deals and whatever the hell else he's going to sign for and make more money. You really think he's going to retire? You really think he'll retire if you trade him? And say, either get vaccinated or we're trading you. Does it sound wrong? Yeah, but let's go over to the NHL for a second, right? Lou Lamorello with the Islanders, right, told his players... You're getting vaccinated or you're not playing for the Islanders. 100% vaccination for that team. Jim Dolan, who we all have problems with in New York, right? He told the Rangers and the Knicks, you're getting vaccinated. Guess what? They're all vaccinated. You can rule with an iron fist if you're the owner. Is it right? Who cares? Whether it's right or wrong is indifferent at this point. You can rule with an iron fist to give your team no problems. They have invested a ton of money in Kyrie Irving. If he's not willing to play in any of their home games, that's not acceptable. Because because the NBA union is so strong, they're going to have to pay Kyrie Irving. And he's part of the head of the union. Yes. And they're going to have to pay him, if he, and he, even if he doesn't play. Again, whether the rule is right or wrong, whatever your opinion stands on the vaccine is completely irrelevant. That means nothing. The rule is the rule. You have to follow rules in society. It just is. That's the rule. Whether you agree with it is completely irrelevant. You got to go get vaccinated. And again... I believe if you had to put a gun to my head, I think he's vaccinated. I just think he just he just doesn't he just doesn't wants the attention. He just look at the attention he got and the speculation it grew as soon as he said that in the press conference. He just loves the attention. I think if there was a gun to your head, you'd be dead right now. Uh, I I can't imagine that he's yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, I just can't imagine it because here's the thing: Kyrie doesn't care about basketball. He doesn't care. He's not interested in. It. Is he going to retire? 
Maybe with the amount of money with the with the amount of money there, is he going to retire? Maybe. I I don't know with him. I mean, he's one of those people that like Ricky Williams walked away. That guy was, now he was a, he, he was a little Kyrie bit different. Irving. He's not quite Kyrie Irving. That guy was still a high quality player making a lot of money, and he left the league, and it was all drug related for him. For Kyrie, it's just taking time off, just to take time off. He does talk about his causes all the time. I mean, we're, we're also forgetting Kyrie talked about starting his own league what a year ago. I mean, he I, talked about splitting off and forming a whole other league. I'm not sitting here arguing with you whether he's sane or not. Regardless of that, he's a great basketball player. We all know he's a great basketball player. But does he like basketball? Does it matter? If there's 250, what would you do for $250 million? There's a lot of things that you could do that you don't like that you would do for $250 million. Well, I would do basically anything for $250 million. But when you already have 128 and you've got the brand recognition and all the connections and people want you involved in things anyway, he might, like, he could be able to live a life and be satisfied. Is he satisfied with 120? Remember, he said in a press conference going into last season that he views the media as pawns. We, what we're doing here in this podcast studio, we are all pawns, okay? We are beneath him. He views us as beneath him. He likes to use us. If you're not vaccinated and he doesn't really care what anyone thinks of him, then why not say you're not vaccinated? Or why not say you are vaccinated? But if you leave it up in the air, it gives him all of this attention. That's what he craves. He craves the attention this gives him. That's why he'll never step away from basketball. Because if he steps away from basketball, he becomes an irrelevant figure of society. He just does. No one cares about him ever again. But if he's a player on the Brooklyn Nets... And he's on this, this super team and he's winning championships and playing. It gives him the attention. Here's how I would treat Kyrie, right? Don't give him the attention. Don't. If I was a reporter reporting on the Knicks, right, on the Nets right now and he stepped into the podium and you asked him a vaccine question and he said, I want to keep it personal. Thank you. I get up and leave. Don't give him the attention. He's the test over. The problem is you give him this attention. You have 300 people on his Zoom call that are reporting on the Zoom call and that's all he craves. That's all he cares about. That's all he cares about. He says he wants to do his research and keep it privately. Does he have a Bunsen burner in his basement? What more research is he doing? The research is there. I'm telling you, we have all this information and we think we're programmed to think Kyrie is this crazy guy and he's and he won't do whatever and he's, he's loose cannon. I have no idea. Is he? Or does he? Or does he just this dude that just craves the attention? Remember, part of the reason he originally wanted out of Cleveland when LeBron was there was because it wasn't his team. Remember that, right? We all remember that? He wanted to go to Boston because it, he was overshadowed by LeBron, right? We yeah, remember that, right? Totally. And then remember, he had problems with Tatum in Boston because Tatum was becoming a superstar and he wasn't the, the guy anymore. And then he leaves Boston. I'm telling you. And now he realizes if he goes to Cleveland and he goes to Sacramento or a team like that, he's going to lose. And then you can't become a star while you're losing. You have to. You can only be a star while you're winning, Right. So he goes to Brooklyn with KD and with and with Harden and with all these great players around where they have a serious chance to win a championship, but he ain't the star in Brooklyn because there's too many better players around him. So how does he get the notoriety he wants? He plays in New York and he acts like a crazy person. And then everyone gives him all the attention he wants. You do things like disappear for two weeks in the middle of the season and don't tell anyone. You do things like on your press conference say, oh, I don't know if I'm vaccinated. I don't know if I'm not. It's a private matter. It's not a private matter. It's not. It may legally be, but right now with the way the world is and the way the athletes are, you it may be a private matter, but you're in the public eye. And that's just how it works. You're covered as a public celebrity, as a public star. That's just how this stuff works. It is. I'm sorry. I believe that he's vaccinated and just doesn't want to tell anyone. And if, it's, if he's not vaccinated, he's going to wind up getting vaccinated. He is. Because you've heard him talk. You've heard KD talk. You've heard Harden talk. You've heard Sean Marks talk. You've heard Steve Nash talk. They all have the utmost confidence that he'll be ready for the start of the season. If he's not vaccinated, then he better be getting, he's probably getting one right now, right? Because how else is he going to be ready? How are they going to have this confidence? Well, yeah, he has to, because the other thing is, it's not just the regular season games. It's playoff games, it's championship games, it's everything. So he can't, he's not going to be like, hey guys, sorry, I can't play in the playoffs, I don't believe in the vaccine. They're going to kill him. And then it defeats the purpose of having him on your roster. If he's not going to get, if he, if, here's the take. He will be, he either is vaccinated now or will be vaccinated by opening day. If he's not, the Nets need to trade him. They need to. And then Cole's buff, go ahead, retire. Do it. Like, see if he actually will. He won't. He won't. None of these guys will. They won't I retire. I think he might. He won't. There's too much money. There's $250 million in contracts up for him for the rest of his career. That's not including shoe deals, sweatshirt deals, whatever Kyrie branding thing he has. Like, he's got $400 million potentially on the table still. He, he's not going to turn that down. You're trying to make sense to somebody that has his head up his own ass. Yep. Like, he's not going to listen. There's too much money. I think even the craziest people in the world are going to are listen to money. Money, money takes care of all. 
No. To some point. I, at some point, you have enough. Certain people have enough money. I also, I, I t- it's exceptional. It's incredibly rare, but sometimes people I, have enough money. He's the exception to that because of all this goofy stuff he's been doing for, what, the past four or five years? I also love the attitude of the players saying that I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't know what's in the vaccine. When you see NBA players constantly getting caught for steroids, like they know what's in steroids. Like the, the things that we put in our body on a regular... Like, hey, here's the thing I want to say about the vaccine stuff, all right? I, I, I got the vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine, okay? But here's the thing. If you want to say I want to do research, there's a lot of research you're going to have to do that's going to be really an underground websites to prove your point. You want the research that you agree with. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of research out there that's not going to make you look too bright if you want to do more research. Be careful. If you're going to do research, don't look at the numbers. Don't. Because the numbers are not going to help your case. Because there's been, what, like 3.6 billion vaccinations been given out? And to credit in America, there's been like 400 people with symptoms after the vaccine. It's, the odds are not in your, on your, not in your favor, especially for guys that are in great shape like that. And again, if you're going to be one to put performance-enhancing drugs or steroids or, I don't know, protein shakes that you drink every day before or after a game that you have no idea what's in those things— it's kind of tough for me to say I don't know what's in that because we don't know what, what what half the stuff has that we're ingesting on a daily. No, I mean, these guys, for example, you go on a trip, all the rookies have to go out and buy the fast food for everybody. You don't know what the hell. Like, I ate an Egg McMuffin earlier today. Do you I don't know idea? what actually is in any of that, but you know what? I eat it, and it's delicious. It's, it's an egg that was sitting in a tray. Yeah, exactly. It might be. I, who knows what can... I don't know what Canadian bacon is. That's a mystery. I don't think it's a real thing. Who knows what pig that came from, what the pig was eating. Like, I don't know. You can just go down all these avenues. And, and the thing is, too, they never actually do any research whatsoever. They, it's gotten to the point where people just, people just don't want to be told what to do and that's what's happening here again the covid vaccine too i, I love the argu- other argument we get too right is oh well, i've seen people test positive for covid that that you know had the vaccine here's what the vaccine does okay if you're driving in a car right and they tell you to wear your seatbelt, a seatbelt doesn't guarantee that you're not going to die if you get into a crazy accident but it helps the case the numbers have shown that if you're wearing a seatbelt, you have a much higher chance of not getting injured than if you're not wearing a seatbelt. it's the same analogy with the vaccine if you have the vaccine, you can still get COVID, but there's a much higher possibility you're not going to die from COVID if you have the vaccine. Same concept, people. It's same. I want to let you know how vaccines work, by the way. We all have the polio vaccine here because you have to when you're born in this country because we've eradicated that disease of polio. You realize I could test Vince for polio right now, and there's a chance that he has polio right now. You can catch polio right now. We don't test for it because it's not a disease that's a danger to our society anymore, but- we could test Vince for polio right now, and he could come up positive. Do you know why he's not feeling affected by the, the cases of polio right now? Because he's vaccinated. And if he had a really aggressively bad case of polio, that could be a translation of you not feeling well one day. But you not, but that you not feeling that way in the 1930s meant you were in the hospital and you were going to die in two weeks because you had polio. Now that the vaccine for polio has existed for 60 years and we've essentially eradicated that disease, Vince could test positive for polio right now, and it means nothing. He's not affected by it remotely. And I would blame the Egg McMuffin, by the way. You think I, I would put it squarely on the Egg McMuffin think, for how I got you, you polio. You think Egg McMuffins are the, are the, the, the cause behind polio? I mean, I've read it's, enough it's things the cause on of Facebook. COVID. Yeah, there, there we yeah. go. They it's, did. They did. They COVID did. Too. We have that confirmed? Yes. All right. Uh, Ronald McDonald himself has announced it at a podium. It, it was all part of a plan. That's just how I'm looking at it. I'm sorry. But we will get to our NFL picks because, by the way, I don't know, Vince, if you've looked into the NFL board this, this, this week. A little a, bit. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. It's disgusting. It's honestly, it's vomit worthy. It's terrifying me. Have you looked? Uh, how'd you do last week, by the way? Last week, uh, I had the I had the Packers over the 49ers. Okay, and that was a money line uh, bet. Who cares? I, the bet that I want to get to last week that you lost was the was the uh, Seattle bet. Yeah, remember both of you sitting here laughing at me, making me look like a fool because yeah. I said the book was telling you that Minnesota was the right pick, and you were all like, "No, no, no, Seattle's still a better team." You got duped. You all heard the explanation, and you still got duped. Explain yourselves, Taylor first. I mean, I'll just take that one. You got you to gotta figure out how to play these games during the He's season. take it on the chin. Yeah. I hate everything about the Vikings. I don't believe in that team at all. They're absolute <laughs> garbage. Home. They might win five games this year, and I, I just don't care. Yeah, I'll take the loss on it. They're it's a fine. different team at home. They are. It's just, it's a, every year it's proven with them they're a different team at home. We'll get to our picks in a second, but first, New York Groove is brought to you by Galaxy Vinyl. It's located in Old Bridge, New Jersey, and Galaxy specializes in all automotive customization. They're one of the leaders in the car detailing business. They offer many options like vinyl wrap, window tinting, caliber painting, and powder coating. Galaxy Vinyl, they're the place to go if you want your car looking top of the line. So head over to 1225 US Route 9 
or give them a call, 732-527-4500. That's 732-527-4500, and they'll make your car look out of this world. Whenever you're ready, just hit the music. Oh, there we go. Look at that. As I've said for a while, um, I'm going to have a lot of trouble in my life getting married because it'll be a requisite that at my wedding, this music is played when we're walking down the altar. It's going to be a major problem for me, and I'm going to have a lot of trouble convincing a lovely lady that I wind up hopefully marrying. But this will be a, a requisite. This will have to be done. Hopefully, you two are at my wedding, and you'll enjoy that, and you'll say, wow, you know, Brian really suck his ground. He really held his ground. No, I believe in you. I believe in you on this one, which, by the way, the music is made by... Oh, some uh, composer. Come on! <laughs> Forgot his name already. Already? Bad job. You would have at your wedding and you can't remember. Steve. No. Something. No. What? It starts with this. Scott. Sam. Sam. Fishler. No, no, no. It's <laughs> Sam Spence. Sam Spence. There Come we on. Go. I'll get it at some point. Someday you'll remember. I don't remember. need to know who wrote it. I just need to know how it makes me feel inside. <laughs> and the NFL makes me feel great. You know, listen. Vince, you're 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 somewhat close to marriage. Let's you tell. Are you married? No, I'm not married. You're not married. Vince, you're you're the closest one to yeah, marriage. Yeah, we in this live group. together. We're basically married. Uh, uh, sure. Um, is this something that that you would? Uh, what's what's a better feeling in in your life? Like, uh, give me an honest answer. Yeah. Here, right. Twelve fifty eight, Sunday afternoon, food in front of you, beer cracked. And you see Scott Hansen come. Get ready for eight hours of commercial-free football. Is that a better feeling or envisioning one day that your girlfriend is going to say I do to you? Oh, well, I already know that's in the it's bag. It's very that's, close, though. No. It's very close. No, that's that's in the bag, though. So I, I know that's a lot. Tell me, because, okay, the person that's married here right now is John Barcher in the other room, right? I, yes. I can answer for him right now, okay? He just cackled at that question. I can answer for I'll get. I'll go a step further, okay? Eagles game-winning field goal, watching it go through the uprights, uh, uh, uprights, or the moment before his wife is about to get frisky with him in bed. I know for a fact the answer is ball going through the uprights 4 o'clock on a Sunday. It's the truth. Well, aren't okay? both things ball going through the uprights? That's, but anyway. Yo, honest answer, not the way my girl bangs, man. I'm in bed. <laughs> it's Exactly. It's the Eagle game. So I'm telling you, that's why this music needs to be played at my wedding down the altar. It just does. She may not be in favor of but again, no woman would marry me not knowing this is part of the deal. Well, and to be fair, she's going to make a lot of compromises if she's marrying you. Exactly. There, so. are, a lot, there are a lot of things she's going to have to deal with. My height is not the most important thing that she's going to have to go up against. It's got to be my Yankee fandom, my Ranger fandom, my Mar Madness fandom, my gambling addiction, my alcohol problem. There's a lot of things she's going to have to deal with, and none of it is less important than NFL music at our wedding day. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, you're right. You're speaking, 100% speaking right. Speaking of which, Jaguars Bengals tonight. Let's break that down to begin with. Cincinnati minus 7.5. That hook scares me off. I'm not playing any money on this game. Me and Taylor discussed it before. Vince, does this game intrigue you at all? No, I, I mean, it'd be fun to watch, but I'd rather throw myself off a cliff than bet on it. Yeah, I, I want nothing to do with anything with Jacksonville right now. They, they scare the crap out of me. Which brings me to my first bet of the weekend. This is an 0-3 team going up against a team that very well should be 0-3. Don't do it. I don't understand why this line is where it's at, but I have to play it. The Detroit Lions getting three points in Chicago. Yes! I thought you were doing something else. Detroit may be 0-3, but Detroit has been the best 0-3 team in football this year. They've been in every single game against tough opponents, and Jared Goff is proving a lot of things to us that we didn't think that he had. He can score. Jared Goff can run an offense. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the league? No, but he's serviceable enough. He's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick in his prime. I like the Lions plus three here. The Lions are getting their first win of the season in Soldier Field. Plus, if you watch Justin Fields last week, who it looks like they're going to start this week, Justin Fields is not ready to play. He may get there at some point in his career, but right now, he does not deserve to be on an NFL field. Lions plus three is the play for me. Yeah, when the Lions, or the Bears rather, aren't even built as a right offense for Justin Fields right now, there's no reason to believe that's going to change within a week. I'm not just going with the Bears or the Lions plus three. I'm taking the Lions with the money line. Lions are going to win this game fully confident in that. The Bears are a joke. The little Lions eat with the Lions, but it's a solid team. Money line picks scare me. Here's the thing. If the Lions were minus were plus two, I'd play the money line. When you're getting three points, a field goal, and a matchup like that where it could be close at the end, that field goal is very valuable. You're not going to get much of an advantage playing the money line here, Vince, and here's why. You're only getting the Lions at plus 125 on the money line. 
If the difference is plus 125 or plus 110 getting the plus three, the difference of $15 is not enough for me to lay off the, lay off the points there. If it's a field goal, if it's plus two and the difference isn't that much, I'm going to play the money line. But since I'm getting a field goal and I have that type of coverage on, I'm going to play the three points as opposed to the money line. I'm going to sacrifice the $15. Would you agree with that analysis, Taylor? Oh, yeah. Always take the points. Okay, I've, so Taylor. Been, you, everybody's been burned by that. Let's That's hear your why. first pick. Uh, yeah, I'm with the Lions. They so were, we're all, all three of us are on the Lions here. They were one offsides call from winning that game. And, and an offsides yeah. call that wasn't called, by the way. Yeah. That, and a delay of game at delay the end wasn't game. called. Also that, that delay of game was not called. They hate calling it. Also, what's the line on, or what's the uh, what's the odds on Matt Nagy getting fired first? Because I would put money immediately because he's going to get fired right he after has, they lose this, he lose this game. He has the best odds in the league. Minus 220. He, yeah, minus 220. It's the best <laughs> odds. And all books have him at that, too. I mean, his job, him and, and Pace, by the way. Him and Ryan Pace are both going to be unemployed by the end of the season. I would think at the end of this game, but that's that's still a tough line. Here's another game that me and Taylor were talking about before that's a really tough line. Cowboys-Panthers. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites against the Panthers, who have had a good defense. Sam Donald's played well. McCaffrey's not going to play. But the Cowboys, boy, are they due for a one o'clock clunker. It's been about a year since we've seen a one o'clock Cowboys home loss, right? I like the Panthers here getting four and a half points. If this game were under three, I'd be scared off of it. But you're getting more than a field goal here with the way the Panthers have played after the Cowboys came off an emotional win in that last Sunday night game. I'm sorry. I like the Panthers getting four and a half points here. Well, after I just what I just saw with Dallas last week, I'm staying away from them. Uh, they're, they're How looking- do you feel, by the way? Your Eagles, boy. They got crushed. Has it been... Uh, I know Bartrick can hear the show. We're going to have to have him come back in here again. Has it been tumultuous on the on the Eagles podcast that you guys run, Bell and the Birdman? It's got to be uh, It's got to be a depressing week for you guys, right? Well, it's, it's a terrible week. There's a lot of soul searching, and now you get like Deshaun Watson rumors popping up again. So everything with the Eagles is in absolute chaos right now. They got no like identity. It. I don't like it. They, 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 they've looked good in the first two games, and since then, your confidence has been shot way far down. No, it's brutal. The whole city's falling off a cliff with them, which is also why... Between I mean, that and the th- Phillies, I mean, we're, how do you... And then the, you have to have the flyer season, unfortunately, has to start for you soon. It's a bad time in Philadelphia. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons oh, and all that God. nonsense. Yeah. God, Philadelphia is really showing its true colors lately. I'm proud to be a New Yorker. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go Yankees. You're out of here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not touching the Eagles game either. I got no interest in that. But something else that I did like here. Like, just this this tune right here. Imagine my groomsman walking down the aisle to oh, this. Yeah, which this. Let's raise that up a little bit, right? Announcing my best man to this. No, this song's great, which, by the way, the Ramblin' Man from Gramblin', if I have that right? correct. That's yes. correct. Sam, yes. Sam Johnson composing it. God like we, it. This is just so perfect. It has to be played at my wedding. Wow, Brian McGee here doing it's his crazy. show. Uh, New York Groove with Brian Let's McGee. Get back, get back right, into your groove. groove. Fine. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, game that I really like. Miami Dolphins, minus 1.5. Colts coming into town. It's two now. You still like it? Oh. You can't not. I mean, yeah, it's the same I, thing. I, yeah, I mean, it's under a field goal. It's all the same to me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with that. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a backup quarterback to step in. Totally solid player. That's a well-built team, a His well-coached team. team. Old team. So you get that as well. And God, it, Wentz sucks and everybody knows it. Like, it's, yeah, it's a disaster. I mean, I, I'm having a hard time believing in Carson Wentz. And I, and I, for one, was one that sat here and wanted to believe in Carson Wentz. I liked him going back with Reich, Indianapolis, a great offensive line. I thought Wentz would be able to succeed under Indianapolis. Did I believe in Wentz? No. But I believed in the system around him and the ability for him to perform. He hasn't performed. He somehow sprained both ankles, which I didn't even think was physically possible. He's done everything this year to not prove to me that he is a legit quarterback in the league. Is that sad to say? Absolutely. But that's the way it falls. I don't love your Miami pick, though. I just don't. The Colts are going to win at some point here. You got to believe that. Also, these Miami games, these games hang tight the entire time. Taking the underdog usually winds up being the smart play in these games at Miami in a 1 o'clock game. I get how you feel about Carson Wentz, but Miami without a legit quarterback, that stuff just scares me here. Let's hear from you, Taylor. Uh, I'm Ryan with you with the Panthers, a home dog, and definitely overreaction from the last Dallas win. Yeah. It just scares me. Here's a game that's interesting to me that I'm not going to bet. I just want to bring up briefly. Browns-Vikings. It's kind of the same scenario we saw last week. Cleveland's exact game. Cleveland is only a two-point favorite, and I think everyone that watches this game knows Cleveland's a better team, yet Minnesota's only a two-point dog at home. It doesn't make sense. Everyone's going to jump on Cleveland. Which makes me think the bet has to be the Vikings. I'm not going to play it. 
because I don't believe in them enough. And I don't believe in Kirk Cousins enough. But you got to be honest, Vince. After seeing what happened last week, those kind of lines, they got to scare you when, when the books put them at this place. Well, yeah, I think this week I would have had that as one of my picks. But given what happened last week, I'm laying off that for a little bit. So, yeah, yeah I got no interest in that one. Here's one that I'm going to play, though, that I might have some actual juice on. Some actual shekels maybe on oh, this game. Oh, baby! Cardinals plus three and a half, plus four and a half versus the Rams. I love the LA Rams. I love the way that they've looked all year. Right now, Matt Stafford's my MVP. But what is the NFL? If you've been watching the NFL as long as the three of us have watched the NFL, we've all been taught that some that there's always a letdown. No one's as good as there actually are. The Rams are due for the letdown. The Cardinals can score points. The Cardinals are far better on defense than we ever thought. And it's a divisional game. I'm getting more than a field goal here. I'm going to play the Cardinals to keep this game close. If the Rams come out with a victory, I will not be remotely surprised. But getting more than a field goal at four and a half, there's something about this gritty Cardinals team. And we said coming into this year, I believe we discussed it on an episode. Kingsbury coming in, Kyler coming in. This was a pressure year for them. This was a pressure year for the two of them. And they've met expectations so far. Kingsbury's guaranteed his job next year so far. Kyler has proven to you that he's a legit NFL quarterback that we were skeptical of coming into this year. I like the Cardinals in a divisional game here getting four and a half. I got the same thing. Same thing. Because here's the thing that I like about Arizona right now is they're a vertical attack. And you've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got A.J. Green. You've got Christian Kirk. And Rondale Moore. I think all of those guys have gone over 100 yards so far. So... To have that kind of output this early with that kind of team, I'm buying right now. Exactly. Four and, and a half is a lot. A.J. Green has to be given a lot of credit here. The resurgence he's had in Arizona, and not only to mention, having a receiver like that on the other side frees up so much room for DeAndre Hopkins. This offense is only going to get more lethal as the year goes on, not less. The concern I have is the defense, and with the way Watts played and the way Chandler Jones has played and the way Buda Baker's all over that field— I'm sorry. The Cardinals are a scary team for me. This division is tough, but from what I've seen out of the 49ers, where they're not giving me all that confidence in the world, and the Seahawks, remember, you got a 1-2 and and a 2-1 and team in that 49ers-Seahawks game later in this week. Someone's coming out of that game, either 1-3 and the Seahawks could be, or the Niners could be 2-2. Two and Either way, that's a game where those two teams are going to be at the bottom of that division, and the Cardinals and Rams, after week four, are going to be the two top teams in this division. No one saw that happening. Everyone thought the Cardinals were going to be the last team in this division kind of by default because everyone else is so good. The Cardinals have stuck around and have proven that they are a really tough team this year so far. I like them getting the points in a divisional matchup. Taylor? Yeah, I'm with you guys, and I definitely like the over at 55. I think it's going to be a shootout. It could, it could definitely be a shootout in that game. Here's a line for my fourth pick. I'm terrified of this bet. I really am. I don't want to put money on it. I don't want to take it. That's the board this week. But I feel like I have to. Because here's the thing. When we look at all the undefeated teams in the league, I'm going to put Vince on the spot here. Okay. When we look at all the undefeated teams in the league so far, all the 3-0 teams, who's the worst 3-0 team so far? Raiders. No, not even close. Taylor, who is it? The Denver Broncos. The Denver oh, Broncos. Got their 3-0. The Denver Broncos are the worst 3-0 team in the league, mainly because they've played no one. Okay, they played the Giants week one, which was a lock. They played the Jaguars week two, and they played the Jets week three. Is Denver going to remain 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0? Are they going to keep going undefeated, or are you going to bet the fact that Denver is going to have a couple losses coming up here? They play Baltimore at mile high. You lost the energy of the home opener. That's now gone. Teddy Bridgewater cannot put up the points that Lamar Jackson can can put up. Also, with Bradley Chubb being out, there's going to be a lot less pressure on Lamar Jackson. The only one getting Lamar Jackson pressure in this game is Von Miller. And Lamar has the the legs to be able to get away from Von Miller whenever he needs to. Ravens are getting a point in Denver. Denver's a one-point favorite. It's the same scenario I was saying with Minnesota before. Those low lines scare me. Here's the thing. Denver, for some reason, has gotten an overwhelming amount of public love. I don't know why. I can't explain. They're not a top-tier team, but Vegas knows that. So Vegas puts this line at Denver minus one to get Barney in the bar, who has no idea what he's doing and is just throwing money on games, on Denver. Because Barney at the bar has loved Denver all year. They can't explain why, but he just does. So they give him that minus one juice at home. Denver's going to keep winning, and Barney throws more and more money on Denver. 
Is Denver really starting 4-0? Is Denver really beating Baltimore at home? Absolutely not. Baltimore on the money line here, just winning the game outright. I love Baltimore over Denver. Same thing. And and for the Broncos, too, you have to consider they've got injuries at the passing position now. Like you've got K.J. Hamler. He's out for the year. They have Jerry Judy. He's been injured. So when you're losing two of your wide receivers, and that's a real talking about preseason strength of the team and what's exciting about the Broncos. That was it. That's why, like, Aaron Rodgers goes there. It's a Super Bowl team. But with Teddy Bridgewater in that offense, it's good. But I'm going to lean into the Ravens. Just go down the list here. Let's have Taylor answer, right? At the quarterback position, where do you give the advantage to? Denver or Baltimore? Lamar. And when it comes to defense, Denver is good on defense, but don't forget that Baltimore is pretty good on defense. Who's the advantage to? If anything, it's even, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd say And when it goes to offensive weapons, with the injuries Denver now has, are you giving the advantage to Baltimore or Denver? I mean, just Lamar's rushing capability. So how is how is Baltimore not the pick here? No, I'm with you It guys. is. It's got to be. Is that, is that your pick here? That's my pick. See, and when all three of us wind up lining up the same way, though, it scares the crap out of me. Well, it opened at... Uh, Ravens favored by three. And now it's dropped because the public has been obsessed with that. That's a Denver. huge swing. All right. Wow. And, and you get yeah. a swing. Like I don't, again, Vince, I can't describe it. I don't know why. But the public is a they're they're the, the public darling this year for some reason. You know them on oh I said it last week and I'll say it again. They, before the season started on over under bets this year, you know what the most popular over bet was the entire year? What? It was Denver over nine. The most public money came out on Denver. I have no idea why Denver is so loved in the market, but they are. Offensively, they were abysmal last year, and they got massive upgrades. But because, here's the thing. Yeah. With us as experienced gamblers, we this is what we're here to do. We're here to teach you. This is how you have to play it. Fading the public is the most fun, enjoyable thing to ever do, and this is what you have to do in this scenario. Fade the public because Denver is going to lose at some point. They are. This is how it's built. Okay. Now we have to get to the night game. Sunday night football. The Buccaneers go to New England where we see Tom Brady face his former team. And a lot of the handicappers out there for some reason have said to me, well, Brady's going to be emotional for this game. He's going to have high emotions playing a game in New England. The video tribute, the fans cheering for him. He's not going to know how to react in an environment like that. Really? Are we really going to bet the fact that Tom Brady is not going to be able to react emotionally to a game that he's being played in? Tom Brady chose to leave New England. He wasn't sent out of there. He chose to get out of there. He's going to have an utmost amount of confidence. And remember, everyone credits the reason why he was out in New England is the fact that him and Bill no longer got along. You don't think Tom Brady and his 44-year-old ass are not going to want to go out in New England and put a pounding on the Buccaneers? Tom Brady is going to be Alabama playing Toledo in this game, wanting to score 70 points. Patriots minus seven. I'm going to be really scared if this line moves to 7.5. I'm hoping I get to Jersey quick enough after this show is over to be able to put money on 7.5. But if it's at 7 still, I love the Bucks in this game, in this spot. That game's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, I can't wait. It, it's going to be awesome. And for Mac Jones, he's been struggling, throwing picks, all that kind of stuff. So not a great start for him. I could totally see that. It's not my bet, but... I'm actually in a similar boat because I'm looking at the Packers and the Steelers and Big Ben is shot and the whole world knows it. The whole world knows it and he knows it. And for the Packers to give up seven points at home, I'm okay with that. Six I'm happy to ride that wave. Six and a it's half down to six and a half now. Yeah. Even better. Give me six and a half on the Packers at home against Pittsburgh. That's easy. By the way, you may kiss the bride and this music goes. I mean, it, it just it has to be done. I need a whole orchestra there. Uh, the Steelers are done, and, and to me, I can I wish I could cash this bet already. Steelers under. I placed it early in the year at under 9.5. How is that not going to hit? How are they winning 10 games? I said it to everyone before the show even began, when we were putting our over-unders in before the show. I'm sorry. I don't know how the Steelers are winning 9.5 games. They're not going to win 9.5. They're not going to win 10 games this year. They're not. Big Ben shot. Oh, and yeah. The addition of Najee Harris is not enough for me. It's not. He can't throw anymore. The noodle arm is in full effect. Steelers under for the season is still very well alive. I bet you can cash it now. I love that pick with you, but let Taylor, let's hear your last. Your uh, second yeah, last one. I'm with that. Big Ben is last week was so bad for him. <laughs> like, there's no way the Packers don't crush him. There's and because no their defensive line, their offensive line is atrocious. Yeah. And the Steelers' defense has not been nearly as good as we thought it could be. Remember, we all kind of had this consensus that Big Ben wasn't going to be the same guy he's been in the past, but we all thought with their defense, they'll be able to score enough points and get things done. Their defense hasn't been great either. The Steelers' defense has been very average. Very average. Do we see Rudolph next week? No, we're never going to see him because he's not good enough. He's already proven us he's not good enough. He had an opportunity to play two years ago. Well, what you might see 
Dwayne Haskins. Oh, that's right. Dwayne Haskins, baby. Yeah, late half of the season. That's going to happen. It'll be a, that, Big Ben goes on IR because they won't want to embarrass yeah, him. Yeah, something bad's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll put him on IR. They'll get him out for the year. They'll He'll end his career, and then they'll put in Haskins. Interesting. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm going to put actual money on that game, but one that I want to put as a pick here. Monday night, Raiders-Chargers. Boy, is that a funny game, right? The Raiders have started off 3-0, and they're exciting. And here's the thing, Vince. And I, we, we got a little bit of sneak preview of where you're going to lean here. You don't believe in the Raiders. You don't think they're that good. And I know why you don't think they're that good. Because all the last few years, we've seen the Raiders do this, right? They start off hot, and then they blow it up for some reason, right? Yep. The Raiders are here to stay, though. This is the year they figured it out. The Derek Carr is playing at an MVP level. Do you realize Derek Carr is 88 of 136 this year? Like, he's having a legit great year. 1,200 yards for him. Six touchdowns, one pick. Derek Carr has been one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league this year. Yeah. Getting three points in a divisional game. And you want to say LA, but that's not a home field advantage for the Chargers at all. I love Herbert, but that's the problem. Herbert plays well in Kansas City the week before, and the public starts to overvalue the crap out of Herbert. And they move this line to LA Chargers minus three. Getting three points, I know you're on the road, but the road doesn't matter much to me. And again, they give you three points for being at home. So they're saying on a neutral field site, this game is even. I love the Raiders here getting three points in this game. I just do. No, Vince? three and a half in this game is a good spot. That That's what the last thing I'd seen with the Raiders. But all the same, yeah, for the Chargers, you don't have a home field advantage. If anything, you're playing road games every single game of the year. So are people going to show up for the Raiders who... They have that L.A. crowd. They have that L.A. history. Yeah, I, odds are you're getting a Raiders home game against the Chargers. Offense has been hot right now, three and a half points. I like that. Really interesting. I'm surprised you felt that way. Taylor, let's hear it for you. Your last I think I think I might go Chargers on that. Really? Why? Yeah. Where's your rationale there out of curiosity? I, Why are you being Joe Public and falling in love with where the public lies? Is this public? Absolutely, it's public. Chargers getting three here after... Chargers giving three here after what's happened with Herbert. The, I mean, remember... Herbert goes into Kansas City last week and beats That's the true. Chiefs. So so Barney at the bar is sitting there with this music on going, I got to tell you something. This kid going into Arrowhead and scoring all those points and beating Mahomes, he's totally going to beat the Raiders here. And that's why, as an experienced veteran here, as a sharp, you need to understand those guys move the lines more than anybody else because there's more of them in America than anybody else. They move those lines. Don't agree with the public here. Fade the public. Don't Actually, do it. I, if I'm if I have to make a pick, I'll probably do the over again. Primetime overs. They've won they've been, they've been, all they've season been, long. They've been gold. It has been. Now, real quick, fade the public would be the great name for a betting podcast. Oh, yeah. That would be it, that has, right. That has to be done. Can we right. reserve the rights yeah. to that? I mean, let, does Last Out Media have a betting podcast yet? No, there's nobody here doing a betting show. So you need to get one then and call it Fade yeah, the Public. Yeah, when it comes in, we got to tell them, Fade the Public. I don't, That's... Care. I don't care what you want to name the show. I don't care how good of a name it is. Fade the Public is the name. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're a true crime show. You're called Fade the Public. <laughs> get used to it. Sadly, that is taken already. I'm looking at it right damn! now. Damn. Oh, damn. They no! figured it out. There's damn. probably like two episodes they recorded in 2018, and they haven't done anything since. Oh, wow. It's actually on a platform called First In Media. You guys got to go after them. Whoa, that's <laughs> wild. We just stumbled on a bizarro company. Wow. And they got uh, and they got after you guys because you wanted this. Wow. You wanted to fade the public and they. Wow. They figured it out. And they actually have a show called New York Groove with Brian McGee. That's wow. insane. Wow. Uh, who would have thought? And Sam Smith plays their music for the football. <laughs> who would have thought? That'll do it for week four's picks. Hopefully we do well. Probably won't because we all agreed on the same thing and that usually means to fade it. <laughs> Made a lot of money last week on college bets, by the way. Oh. I've been coming in every week and this is the benefit Taylor gets because I don't pay him directly to do the show. This is the benefit that he gets of of working on the show every week is I come in and I give him college locks weekly. And Taylor, have I, have I done you wrong yet? Four and oh. Yeah. I mean, I've given him a lock every single week and it's worked out for me. And I've been winning a lot of money on college bets. Last week, I won like $600 betting. Nice. Overall. It was a good week for me. Good for you. So let's hope that we keep that continued, right? Because- it's been, it's been nice. It's been nice. I've been going out to nice and nice dinners lately. You know, I'm trying to buy a Lamborghini at some point in the future. So Well, the future's a long way for you, these, so that's good. These bets are helping me out. Some food for thought on the way out. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they're 2-21 and 21 in their last 23 home games 
Can you believe that? What an ending to the year. I, I finished my food for thought off this, this week with just some great baseball stuff that's going on at the end of the year. Did you see this? Do you know who was partying with Christian Yelich when the Brewers clinched the NL Central the other day? Who? Bob Euchre, who's 87 years old, got drunk with Christian Yelich and Devin Williams, their top reliever. Do you want to know why this story ended ended poorly, though? What? It had nothing to do with the superstar player jumping around, going crazy in Milwaukee, Christian Yelich getting drunk at night. He was fine. It had nothing to do with the 87-year-old Bob Euchre, who's been calling games forever, getting drunk out of his mind. None to do with that. It had to do with Devin Williams. He got so plastered that Devin Williams decided to punch a wall in celebration. He broke his hand, and now he's out for the entire postseason. <laughs> what a blow for the Milwaukee Brewers. That'll do it for episode, I think, 19 of New York Group.